Hello, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Disasters in America and around the world. That's my topic. You know, we have experienced disasters like we have never experienced before, it seems to me. Detroit every day has killings. And those are many disasters, but they're all over the city. Cumulatively, they are major disasters. The same for Chicago. Many disasters throughout the city, south side particularly, and they accumulate to a major disaster. The border south of uh, Texas and south of Arizona and south of California, disaster every day. People who send their children to the border and who themselves go to the border from various South American countries and other countries of the world present themselves for possible disaster and experience it. We see these mass shootings going on. Recently, just the other day, Toronto, a mass shooting. Gilroy, California, the capital of uh, the world regarding garlic, mass shooting. Uh, Detroit, mass shootings. Countries and cities around the world. Sweden, mass shootings and killings every day. These are disasters. And you know, unfortunately, many of our children are exposed to disasters going around the world. They are not immune from the disasters. Now today I'd just like to focus on children and their disasters and kind of look at it from the perspective of the eyes of a child. Because children are especially vulnerable to disasters because they have the limited coping skills. They're dependent upon others for social support. When they don't have the coping skills, obviously most of them don't. When they don't have social support, many of them don't. They experience a major trauma and disaster in their life. Children exposed to disasters are at risk for a range of adjustment problems. They'll have transitory stress symptoms, bereavement problems, symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression, school failure, social conflict, a feeling of loneliness, feeling of uh, being abandoned, all these natural and individual and uh, man-made disasters create these kind of problems for our children way beyond their ability to cope with them. Many of these children just become victims of these disasters. You know, the risk for a child may differ, however, depending upon the exposure. If he's exposed to a disaster or to a trauma when he's alone, that will be a greater effect on him, impact on him. If he experiences disaster and trauma when he's with a loved one, that disastrous effect will be somewhat less and softened. If he's had pre-existing training, experience, if he had history, if he has social support, family support, all these affect the degree to which the disaster has an impact upon a child. The more the child's alone, the more he's unprepared for disaster, the greater the disaster, the stronger the disaster, the more frequent the disasters, the more the child succumbs to those disasters and weakens and can even die. Now, children do not necessarily suffer long-term impairment when it comes to disasters, and thankfully so. 70% of the children who go through various disasters survive the disasters and do fairly well thereafter. Well, that leaves about 30% experience chronic impairment from a disaster according to many research studies. So when exposed to prolonged and complex disasters, the lasting effects of a psychological nature, the psychological effects are profound and well ingrained and well established within a child and will have disastrous effects for that child on into 
the future. A disaster has a primary effect, that's to be sure. But a disaster also has a secondary effect, the losses and stresses that come from a disaster as a result of a disaster, such as the displacement from your home, the loss of loved ones, one dies and one lives, or two parents died, just what happened the other day. Um, two parents died, leaving a very young child without parents in his life. That's a secondary effect, you see. There's all these effects that are imposed upon children directly and indirectly. But the transient stress that way goes over time and repeated over time results in diagnosable mental problems for kids, results in academic difficulty and academic failure you know, for kids, and social disruption, social support disruption, leaving the kid mentally challenged and mentally afraid and scared. Well, what about we what do we do in the area of uh, disasters? How do we handle this in terms of what do we do with our children and uh, how they are able to to function in spite of the fact that disasters uh, take place? Well, there's a lot of different ways that we can look at it, you know. One is that the disaster can be uh, prepared for. We can anticipate disasters, especially with children. We know that children are going to be exposed to disaster in their life. We know that. Now, we don't know which child, we don't know when the exposure is going to come, and we don't know what the exposure is going to be. But we do know that kids will experience disaster at some point in their life. Therefore, preparedness is important. And research has shown that when you prepare a child for disaster, give them some discussion, give them some exposure, such as through a movie, discussing it, uh, giving a picturesque story of a disaster, letting the kid read about it, discussing it from the paper, discussing it from the television. In other words, going over it in a supportive, kind, and gentle way increases the practical skills of that child dealing with the disaster when it does come into their life. In other words, they can develop some self-protective skills if you just anticipate it. You see, very few parents anticipate their child experiencing a disaster. We often think that, oh, my kid won't have a disaster. Other kids do, but my kid won't. I'll protect my kid. I live a life in such a way that disasters don't come. Well, we live in a day-to-day -day when our kids experience disasters, when they're beyond our care, when they're beyond our reach as parents. They're at school. They're in a church. They're in a shopping center. They're at a social event of some kind. See? Kids go about in their, their life and involve themselves in all kinds of activities. And if they're unprepared for a disaster, it will not only come, but it will weaken that child. It will weaken that kid greatly. But parents, you have a task. You have a job. Maybe this is a new one for you. Maybe this is one that you've never done before. Maybe this is one you haven't even thought about before. But you better prepare your kids for the likelihood of a disaster in their life coming in into their life, the trauma coming into their life, whether it be by fire or wind or rain or storm or gunfire or rioting, you know, whatever it might be, but earthquake, you know, and so on, what natural and man-made disasters are going to come into your child's life at some point in time, your job as a parent is to prepare them for it, to anticipate it. Now, you can't anticipate a particular disaster. All you can anticipate that when disasters come, there are several things that you want your child to do, such as call you, 
such as seek support by somebody they know. Seek support with somebody that they believe in and can trust. Be around that person. Don't go it alone. Be around friends. Be around kids who are going through disaster at the same time. Do not isolate. Okay? Run home. Call. Contact somebody. Those are just some of the things you can do to tell a child ahead of time what to do should they face a particular disaster. So anticipate it. Look at your child. See what your child's lifestyle is and what their capabilities are and their skills. And then use those skills to teach them what they can do should a disaster come into their life. That's your creativity as a parent. Okay, that's preparedness. Here's another one. We call it early intervention. You know, a disaster comes. Katrina happened. We had the wind. We had the storm. Katrina did happen. You know, we have had all kinds of disasters come. Gilroy happened. Detroit happens. Toronto happened. You know, disasters in our, in, around the world. Disasters in New York. Disasters on the East Coast. Tornadoes, etc. Whatever they might be. They happen. And now your kid needs some kind of early intervention. He experienced the disaster in some form. He experienced the trauma in some form. So there's two things you can do. One is what we call psychological debriefing. And the other one is called psychological first aid. Debriefing is you get your kid to talk about it. Describe it. Describe how it affected them. The emotions, the feelings they had, the, the way that they experienced trauma, the vision they had, the fears that they went through, the ideas that they engaged in and thought about, what they tried to do to prevent it, what they tried to do to get out of it, what they tried to do to escape, the support that they tried to get but wasn't available. What, what, did they, what did they experience as they went through a disaster, whether it's mild, moderate, or severe? But your early intervention is just get the talk going. We call it debriefing. Psychological debriefing. Get it. Get your kid to talk. Do not cover it up. Do not isolate from the such talk. But get it to be an interactive parent with a child at that time and get other people to interact. Other kids. Get a small group of kids together and talk. And be a facilitator as a parent. The other one is what we call psychological first aid. That is, do deep breathing relaxation exercises. Do get the child to be more assertive and say what they could have done, should have done, and what parents failed to do, and where they got some, where they feel some anger. Let them express that, you see? Psychological first aid means that you give the child some skills of dealing with trauma, dealing with disasters, dealing with high levels of stress, using imagination of how to get out of that, and how to calm down, and how to slow the heart rate down, and slow the breathing down, and talk slowly, and just keep talking. That's psychological first aid. In other words, deal with the depression. Give hope. Give encouragement. Deal with the post-trauma stress disorder symptoms, such as the anxiety and the fear and the uh, anticipation of the future and how it's going to be. Help them see it realistically. Don't let kids go on in catastrophic thinking and talking of what could be or maybe how bad it was and it's worse than it was actually. Be realistic. Meditation certainly is a time for a child to be engaged in a stress-reducing experience early after a trauma has occurred. Well, that's early trauma intervention. What about later trauma intervention? This is long-term. This is days and weeks and months after a disaster took place. Call it long-term mental health, obviously. 
Get your kid into a counselor. Get your kid to talk to somebody. Get your kid into a group therapy program. Get your kid to talk to your school psychologist. Get your kid to talk to your pastor, get a youth leader. Get your kid to talk to a, a marriage and family counselor of some kind, a social worker, a psychologist. It's the talk therapy that you need, not medication, it's the talk therapy. Kids need to expose and to talk about the disaster they went through. And now that they're recalling and trying to sort out and realize what was really disastrous and what was less than disastrous, what was hurtful and what was not hurtful, what they can do about it in the future, should something like that particularly happen. Get them into a therapy room. Don't fail them in terms of therapy. It's they've got to be able to have therapy and be able to think through the process that they were going through. Interventions prepare children and prepare families for future trauma and disasters. You see? Disaster education and preparedness interventions are needed to promote household preparedness, self-protective activities during a disaster. Preparedness when they come into their adult life, that they are better prepared to handle disasters as it is all, as an adult from their experiences as a child. So you see, there can be ways to really deal with disaster in a very constructive and positive way. So don't overlook the importance of a disaster because you can learn from it, we can mature from it, we can benefit from it, even though it's a tough thing to go through. But it's better if you've prepared your kid for that disaster. Now research has shown that about 5 to 15 percent of kids who experience disaster experience a significant mental health problem following the exposure to that particular disaster. 5 to 15 percent. Serious mental problems. You don't want your kid to be one of those. You can prevent that from happening by dealing with it ahead of time and dealing with it right afterwards and keep on dealing with it. And your kids won't be one of those 15%. But if you ignore it, if you don't deal with it as a parent, you're subjecting your kid to very significant mental health problems and symptoms as a result of that disastrous exposure as they move forward in life. And what we also know is that three years after a disaster, such as after Katrina, 30% of the children meet criteria for mental health referral. Can you imagine that? Three years afterwards, some have the symptoms right away. Some develop the symptoms later, a year later, two years later, three years later. But research has shown that even three years later, kids who went through a disaster still have mental health symptoms of various kinds that should and would prompt a parent to make a referral to a mental health professional. You can't ignore this. You can't ignore the possibility that your child can not only have an experience with disaster, which is not a good one, but will carry that with, with him throughout life for an extended period of time. Why would you want to do that to your child when all it takes is getting your child to a therapist? And you know what? Most kids going through trauma have something like three to five, maybe seven therapy sessions. That's all. Not much, but enough to get them to process it and think it through. I've seen kids in, after a disaster, and sometimes see them once, twice, and three times, and that's it. They have been able to process it. They've been able to move forward in their life. They get some understanding. They get some perspective. They get support. They get encouragement. 
to get answers to their questions. They get skills in handling it in the future. They have more confidence as they move forward in the future after they've been in counseling. That's what a counselor does. So bring your kid into that kind of a situation should they go through disasters. We live in a world today where disaster happens, trauma happens, high levels of stress occur in the life of our kids. Sometimes parents, you're the cause of it. Parents, sometimes you didn't prevent it. Sometimes parents, you didn't help the child prepare for it. And sometimes parents, you didn't help the child get over it. You say, you failed as a parent perhaps. And that's not good. Don't, don't be that kind of a parent. Be a parent that's proactive and can think ahead and to be involved with and get in, involved with a child that's gone through trauma. Experience that trauma with them. Be part of that trauma recovery. Don't just look the other way. Whether that's sexual abuse, whether it's physical abuse, whether that's rejection by the kids in the playground, bullying behavior in the playground, rain and thunder and lightning and fire and gunshots and all up and down of different kinds of disasters our kids are exposed to. Be there when the action takes place and be there through the trauma action and then be there thereafter until your child has resolved the trauma and can now move forward in their life. Whether that takes three weeks or three months. Be there and commit yourself to your kid. Okay? Hey, nice to have you with me today. This is a tough topic. Go to my website, www.booksbyhedberg.com. Go to the book, Living and Achieving a Healthy Lifestyle in a World of Stress. Okay? A great book. And it will be one that can you, will help you with your children deal with stress when it comes into their life. So, see you in the front now. Bye for now.